Thank you. Whoa. So, so, so many people. Did you see Jessica's talk about comics? Did you like it? Yeah, I like comics as well, and I love cartoons. They accompany for me, me for almost my entire life. When I was a kid, I was sitting in the TV every Sunday morning and was watching cartoons for hours. My parents really didn't like it, but I loved the cartoons. Later on, when I went to school, I um, started drawing little characters in my math books in the corner. And every time you flip the page, your characters came to life. It was really amazing. So my name is Martin. I'm a principal product engineer at Zinnerschrader. I organize a meetup here in Berlin, and I organize also a conference uh, later this year, all based all around Angular. I later on used my math books for their original purpose and studied math. Um, I love JavaScript. I love the possibilities that you can have with JavaScript. And I love cats. That's probably the reason why all over the internet, my cat's face is my avatar for Twitter, GitHub, everything. And also, my cat's nickname, Chaos Monster, became my Twitter handle. So if you ever see a cat like this, it's probably me. I started as a backend developer, and at some time in the late last 10 years, I switched to the front end and became a JavaScript developer. I did that because I was passionate about the UX possibilities that you can have. All the user interaction that was possible in the browser when AngularJS 1.0.7 came out years ago. And I was like, yes, I want to do everything in the browser because I want to be close to the user. I want to have interaction with them. But I was really, really afraid of animations. Every time my product owner came to me and said something like, hey, can you move that from the left to the right? I was like, don't you think it would be better if it just suddenly pops up on the right side of the screen? It's way better. It's way better. And I don't have to do animations. So the time passed by. And I watched a documentation by Studio Ghibli. Studio Ghibli created those amazing animes like My Neighbor Totoro or uh, The Moving Castle. And this documentation was about how they managed to make walking animations such a smooth experience, such a natural experience for everyone. And I was like, all the time, I learned from different domains, from other professions. Why don't I look at cartoons and can see what I can learn about animations from watching cartoons and learning how they do it? So if you do a little bit of research in that uh, field, you're not able to get around this book. It's called The Illusion of Life. Uh, it's by Frank Thomas and Ollie Johnston. Both of them are... Um, animators at Disney, and in the 80s, when they released that book, they boiled down all the knowledge that Disney acquired in the last 50 de five decades, not 50 decades, five decades, uh, when it did all these amazing animation movies to 12 principles of animation. And I thought to myself, after reading them, they are really amazing. I have a lot that I learned from that, and I boiled it down to the eight principles of web animation. Starting with squash and stretch. If you think about a ball, a tennis ball, for example, and if you think how a tennis ball would behave if you throw it on the floor 
and how it would bounce back into the air. You think about it, it wouldn't really change its, um, its form, its shape. It would look something like this. But that doesn't feel really good, because you can't feel the speed of the ball, you can't feel the impact of the ball on the floor, and you can't feel how the ball f f falls, um, jumps back to the air. So what you can do instead is doing stretch and squash. You use stretch to show speed, to show how the ball gets accelerated. And you use squash to show how the ball gets pulled, pushed into the floor, and how the energy goes back into speed afterwards. And you can not only use that uh, to uh, create a ball that f bounces off a floor, but you can also use it to um, create a feeling for material. This box that is created with uh, keyframes in CSS feels really squashy. It feels like bouncy. It gets adjectives. It's, it, it's not just a box. So you have to keep a few things in mind when you do that. For example, you have to think about the volume. The volume of the object should not change because your brain recognizes if you just change the volume of the object by squashing or stretching it, and it feels really off if you do that. And you can use squash and stretch to give objects weight and to give objects a feeling of speed, and also to give them material, the feeling on how the material works. The second, second principle is anticipation. If you look at this stick figure, you would think, okay, what happens next? You would not ex expect it to just fly off in the air like this. It doesn't feel right, right? What you actually want to do is you want it to bend the knees and then go up, because with that, you give the viewer of this uh, animation the feeling that something will happen. The, the user can anticipate what happens next. If I'm going down and I'm jumping up, you will expect me to jump up because you've seen me going to the floor and you expect something to happen here. And you can use the same in the browser when you do some wobbling animation before you do a bigger animation, before you show that you can drag and drop it. Uh, also really important what I did not do here, but what can be really important for anticipation is the timing. So if you slowly start winding up before you do a really fast um, throw of a ball, this is also important, not only the winding up, but also the speed of how I do it. The third principle is staging. Frank and Ollie talked, said it's like that. If you have a presentation of an idea, it should be completely and unmistakably clear what you want to do. This means don't irritate your audience, your viewer, your user, by pointing them in a certain direction and then doing something totally different. Look at the stage and all those arrows. I focus your, your uh, view onto one point on the screen. It, must, it doesn't have to be the center of the screen, but I focus your, your view on one point of the screen. And you expect something to happen here, like a character appearing, like a magician. And use that technique wherever you do it. If it's on the left or on the right, just use it to make it clear for the user where something will appear or something will happen. The same goes for 
when we are in the Western culture, we expect something that comes from the left to the right to appear on stage. If it goes from the center to the right, we think it disappears from the stage. And if you drop it down uh, to the bottom of the, the stage, you think it will never come back. Keep those things in mind because they are part of staging. When you look at this green diff, um, and I want you to focus on that diff. Okay, now I told you to focus on the diff, but imagine you're a user and you're in a browser, and I want you as a developer to focus on the diff. What I can do is I can make the background opaque and do a little bit of animation for you to focus on that green diff. Maybe it's a button. Maybe I want you to save that form, because otherwise all your data will be gone. Number four. I have a little bit of a problem with that, because in animation, this is a really, really important thing to do. Um, but I wasn't sure how to translate it to the web browser. Let's go a little bit back. If you have a motion in a, um, in a movie or an anime, you have a lot of pictures. And those pictures slightly change from frame to frame. Normally, we talk about 12 or 24 frames per second. If you're a gamer, you know that you want to run on 60 frames per second, meaning you want to have so many images that slightly differentiate to each other in each second. And back in the days, in the 1980s and before that, before this was a thing, all of those frames, all of those images had to be drawn by hand. So people were sitting there and draw the same image over and over again, and sl just slightly make a change to the previous one. And here comes the technique of straight ahead. If you just change the, the image just slightly without any concept or any story about it, you just create something that is randomly moving, like fire or rain or explosions. This is a really great technique to do that. But if you want to tell a story, you need a concept, a storyboard behind that. And for that, you think about what is my first pose, and then you think about what will be my last pose. And you think about what poses are in between those two poses that are important for me to show my audience, so the audience gets an understanding of the movement we want to have. And then you create those keyframes, and afterwards, you just add more and more frames by using the um, straight-ahead technique. And at the end, you have a movement. And with CSS, we have CSS transform, we have scale, rotate, you name it. And we also have CSS keyframes. And this is where my mind just popped. I have those poses. Those are keyframes. Those are frames that are really important for how the animation would work. Same goes for Web Animation API. And if you look at keyframes, and this is no change to uh, how um, web animations work with the Web Animation API, you create your initial pose, you create your final pose, and if you want to, you create a few poses in between that are important for you to tell the story of how your object moves. And then you let the browser just fill in all the other thousands of frames that you might, might want to have. The fifth principle of animations, defined by Ollie and Frank, is follow-through and overlapping action. 
If I show you this flower pot and I would tell you that I move it from the right to the left, you would imagine that flower pot to move and you would imagine the flower to move. Follow through and overlapping means that you can drag secondary animations like the flower. Because the flower takes a little bit longer than the flower pot until it realizes that something is moving, and it takes a little bit longer, that just to physics, um, to realize that it stopped. And this is called follow-through and overlapping action. And if you look at the browser, I found this great article, you get the slides afterwards, and you, I highly recommend to read that article, that, uh, um, was mentioned, that mentions how to fix drag and drop by using a little bit of math, you see where, why I was into that article. And what they do is they use the mouse movement speed and translate it into the tilt of the dragged object. The faster mouse moves, the higher is the angle of, of the object that tilts. And if the mouse moves slowly, the tilt goes back to a horizontal stage. And this makes all your drag and drop animations feel way more natural, way more like, I want to drag and drop everything here, because it's awesome. <sighs> slow in and slow out. I read that principle, uh, and I was like, yes, I totally understand it. I know how this will work in the browser. Um, just for you uh, to present how it works, slow in and slow out means if I'm starting running over there, I won't start with full speed. And if I'm stopping at the end of the stage, I won't step, stop at full speed, I will slow down. This is a natural movement. I will show it to you, just for uh, the sake that you see it. <laughs> I'm walking really fast, I'm slowing down. And back. I start fast, slowing down. Yeah, I did my sport for today. <laughs> I would never imagine that someone claps when I'm running. <laughs> and we have the same thing in the browser, we call them easing functions. We call them Bezier functions. If you have an ease in and ease out function on your animation, it slowly starts, it, becomes to its, it comes to its fastest speed, and it slows down before it's at its final uh, stage. And if you do a linear uh, tra transformation, it will have the same speed from the beginning till the end. And this feels really mechanical, not natural like ease in and out. And mechanical is something that we really don't have that often. Even uh, cars that is mechanical would slowly start. Only things like bullets would be really fast from the beginning. Secondary actions. This is about um, how your main action, your main animation, needs sometimes support. So you can tell a story, and for that you need a concept. And for example, if I'm walking over that side of the stage, my arms are really stiff, and I'm walking, and you see the walking animation. Imagine the animation. And it feels really stiff and really unnatural. So what I actually do when I walk, and I probably all of you, if you're walking, you move your upper body, you move your arms. OK, I'm a little bit over-accelerating now, but in general, you move your body with that. And the movement of the arms and the shoulders are your secondary actions and they support the main animation, meaning the walking animation. I found this really, really, really awesome CSS animation by Andrew Wong, 
And I don't want you to focus on a walking animation. I want you to focus on the secondary animations here, meaning the clouds in the back, the signs in the back, they are secondary animations that help to give the animation depth, that help to give your relation to how fast this object is moving. And this helps you to understand the main animation. So secondary animations are really, really good when it comes to how to improve your main animation. And with that, I'm coming to the eighth principle um, called appealing. Frank and Ollie just said, make your animations appeal. Make, it, make the viewer feel like, I love this character, I, I totally dig this character, how it works and moves. And I want to make that my conclusion as well. So here's my conclusion of looking at the 12 principles of animation by Frank and Ollie and how to translate them to the, to the web. First, use animations to improve your user experience because motion can tell a story. And to tell a story, you need a storyboard. Make yourself comfortable with the idea to think about where does my animation start, what is the in-between of my animation, and where does my animation stop. Make a concept, not only for one animation, but for the entirety of your website. Think about how all the animations can work together. And please, don't overdo your animations. Because if you do too much, and it doesn't feel really right. And last but not least, have fun. Have fun with doing animations, because animations are great. And don't be afraid, as I was. Because there's so much content about how to do animations. Look at the 12 principles of animations and learn from over century of animations on how to really do great animations. Thank you for listening to me, and thanks, JSConf, for giving the opportunity to talk to you about animations. <laughs>